welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast. I am one of your hosts and resident of Westview, New Jersey, Brian. As always, I'm joined by the host with the most, Darcy. And PhD pending, probably never will get that. <laughs> nice. And uh, so there actually is no news this week. So we'll just go through that. No news is good news, I guess, or bad news, <laughs> depending. Um, so we're just going to jump to our quick hits. Uh, Darcy, first or second this week? I'll keep going first. We can go ahead and do that and okay. do that that do that that way. No problem. Whatever, whatever works, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm I'm not in the best physical shape this week, so I'm probably gonna sound awful. But um, I figured since I had a minor mental breakdown about Luna like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. it finally came out. So I figured I'd do it as my quick hit so I could follow up on whether or not it was too sexy for me. <laughs> nice. So um, I'm following up on that. It was not too sexy for me, Luna number one uh, by Maria Jove, or uh, I'm just going to assume. Love it. Love it. I, I don't I, I'm not entirely sure so is it love it it's she's Spanish isn't she isn't hello I, I think I think she's she's Spanish so maybe Jove Jovet Jovet is I don't know yeah. I feel like such a horrible person I should have checked that before you know what I yeah before next episode I we will, should probably we'll, we'll check, check it that. and we'll we'll put a correction corner yes here. <laughs> we definitely should I should have checked it before yeah. but I'm such a moron. Yeah. No, 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 probably at all. Because A would be French, right? But Spanish and French sound nothing alike yeah, with spelling. The... But LL is definitely yay. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Okay. And just accept that I'm an idiot and should have definitely checked that. Anyway, moving on. Luna. It was excellent. It was very interesting. A lot of it was definitely kind of exactly what I predicted based on her art style, which was fantastic. And the 60s and cults. Basically what happens is kind of Teresa, she's kind of driving and she gets in a car accident um, and she gets uh, rescued, quote unquote, you know, when you're rescued by a cult, uh, uh, by the family of the sun, which is this um, harem cult, this one man and all his uh, ladies that he has around him, uh, which should automatically, hello, be very suspicious, but it's the 60s and they're all on drugs. So, you know, your, I guess, faculties for what becomes suspicious is automatically a little bit lowered. Um, and uh, so far, we're not very far into it, um, but, uh, you know, one of the girls has taken her around and showed her how beautiful the area is. Like, when she got into the wreck, she was in a desert, but when she wakes up, she's kind of in this um, almost uh, utopia kind of gorgeous forest kind of place she's taken into this cavern uh, which is very beautiful and sort of sacred and uh, after she goes with a woman she's taken uh, the man takes her and kind of they do drugs and have sex and because of the drugs thank god the sex is very you know not very explicit kind of so yeah it, it doesn't it, it didn't cause me any real problems in this chapter. It was like 
two or three panels long that part uh there's like some the drug he gives her is like based on his blood or something mm-hmm. um and i think he bites her i can't remember it's been a couple of days since yes. i read it doesn't he bite her i i read it last night after i seen it, it was on the notes to the cover so yeah, right he, yeah it yeah, was he does yeah it was he, he's, he's definitely he's definitely suspicious <laughs> even if mm-hmm. you didn't know it was a cult which you should know it was a cult because he's one dude in the woods with like three or four women picking up another woman giving her drugs based on his blood like you should automatically be a little suspicious about that but he's like biting her or something yeah mm-hmm. he's he's definitely got some suspicious elements but her art was really fantastic with it like when i said uh, originally a couple weeks ago like there was some doodle elements to her art like that really plays really well with the drugs like mm-hmm. when she's like tripping like all these fantastic doodles kind of come out uh Teresa herself like she has these very vivid dreams uh, that kind of have this doodle element that comes out uh, and sort of breaks the panels um, and she's kind of tells herself or like her her mom or her grandmother or something I think it was her grandmother told her you know draw what you remember from your dreams and it'll help you work it out so there was a lot of really fantastic elements to this first issue and I think it's going to be an interesting story again I, I find cults kind of fascinating horrible obviously but definitely like from this era and from all that there there's a lot to work with here some interesting stories that can be told so i I think i I think it is probably going to be a really fun read horrible probably but but fun read so i'm looking forward to it yeah i i thought it was was pretty good as well um there's some similarities like the the whole blood thing was definitely part of heartbeat uh, which is a other right. uh, book, um, but um, but this is definitely different, and I I like the cult angle on on the the story, not in life, not but, in real life, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in this and 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 no the the like the little hallucinations and the and the little like the eyes and and stuff and like the flowers or what the flower it was really it was eerie but it was very beautiful eye and the, the coloring was gorgeous oh yeah i thought it was kind of cool i don't know if you noticed uh when you're reading but each page or almost every page is stamped um she she wrote down with the her year. yeah so yeah, stamped I, with the year and her and her 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 uh her name and everything mm-hmm yeah, and, I saw that. So I ended up after reading it, kind of going through chrono, like kind of chronologically, like like looking at all the 2019, um, like see what she she drew first, and then and then drew second, and she actually drew the end of the book first. Really? And yeah. the 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 end is all the 2019 pictures, and the 2020 pictures are from are in the beginning. So she yeah, didn't pay attention to that. That's interesting. Yeah. So she probably had the the love scene in her head first, and she drew that, and then she kind of drew the story around how that. they got there. Yeah, exactly. that makes sense. See, I sort of thought of it as kind of uh, what were we talking about recently? Oh, sleep? No, it wasn't sleepless. Whatever, whatever we're talking about recently, where I said just rip out the pages and hang them up, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like that. Like there were yes. several pages where I was like, "This is a full page that you could just rip out and hang up." It's just like there were some really beautiful full page pieces here that 
were definitely hangable and she signed that thing so yeah <laughs> you could put it in a frame and it looks like a looks like a print exactly it, yeah it's definitely de- definitely poster worthy um i think it was mm-hmm. origins that that you had mentioned that oh about. yeah there we go yes it was or yeah <laughs> but, but that's also very poster worthy that's it is yeah. no totally didn't sign that so I'm exactly. I'm I'm hoping um, she will have a commission sale soon or something. That would be kind of cool to get some some art from her. It would because it's it's definitely unique, um, and and it's it's very it's beautiful and well put together. Does she do her own coloring? I think she does, right? I I, her name was the only name I saw on the book. Yeah, I think so. But I also didn't look very hard, so I could have missed something. Yeah. Um, well, um, if if she's not the only one who does the coloring, we'll credit in in the the show notes as well. On, and on, on the Twitter, the rest, yeah. The rest, yeah. So, okay. Well, um, I have a quarterly comic as my as my quick hit. It came out a few weeks ago, but you know, it's only comes out once every three months. So, I figured it'd be a good time to talk about Headlopper number fourteen by Andrew McLean with uh, letters by Jordi Belair edits letters and designed by Aaron McLean um, who I believe is Andrew McLean's wife so it's a nice another husband wife uh, art team it's pretty cool um, so brief synopsis of the uh, of, of this book uh, well every story arc is four issues each uh, so they're kind of like a year since they're quarterly and uh, and we're in the second story of the fourth arc, I believe. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Number fourteen, that would be yeah, okay. And um, it so does make mathematical sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, it's basically the story of a, a traveling warrior in like fantasy, like sword and sandal Conan times, named uh, Norgal, Norgal, and uh, the. The dis- and and also he's carrying around the disembodied and potentially dangerous head of a witch that he had ki- had beheaded before, named uh, Agatha. She's kind of the comedy relief of the of the book. She's always crazy and turning things into things and like wanting to drink and stuff. So a disembodied head. She's always hungry and she can't eat obviously. So she she eats and just kind of goes through her neck. <laughs> you know nothing graphic, but it just is kind of a a fun gag. Um, but. Um, so this this issue, uh, they're searching for a a myth, uh, an object that everyone thinks is part of a fairy tale. There, it's called the Star- Stair of Mulgrid, and so they're looking for this place. It's kind of a MacGuffin type uh, object or or place, and um, unfortunately, that means that Nurgle has to go back to this kingdom that was kind of like the dark period of his life, where he was actually the executioner. So this, you know, this character who has, you know, obviously he's violent. He takes, you know, bad guys heads off with a a giant sword. Um, This actually shows that like, you know, he wasn't always a good, you know, kind of a upstanding person. Like he kind of has like a dark period where he was, you know, the sword of, of a, of a king and, and killing people, whether or not they were innocent, you know, so uh, it kind of gives a little more depth to the character and, also, I mean, it's just always the art's great. I definitely recommend all of Headlopper. Um, the the new series is is equally as good. So halfway through, um, not a bad time to start. There's only 
three graphic novels, three volumes since, you know, even though this series has been around since like 2015. So it's not too hard to catch up if you if you want to. I am super behind on that. By super behind, I think I've read like two it two issues. Somebody mm-hmm. tried to get me into it forever and ever and ever ago and everybody keeps telling me to keep reading it but I keep forgetting and I should probably like it always every time everybody tells me about it it sounds good and it sounds interesting but I just keep not catching up with it (laughs) and I should it's not like it updates super fast like (laughs) like I could catch up (laughs) it's one of those things though it's like there's just like a block for some reason like right yeah yeah i don't like it sounds interesting and there's plenty of time but i just keep forgetting you've got to make us read it at some point so I'll, okay so i'll actually read it actually that, that might happen fairly soon that sounds, that sounds like a good plan that's, that's actually me and the jonathan hickman's series um east of west i yeah. have i have begun that series and i've enjoyed it every time but mm-hmm. for some reason something comes up and i stop reading it and then i forget about it. it and then yeah. i'm like oh i have to read the first issue again because i forget what happened in the first issue and so i think i've read the first issue like five times now <laughs> you know and so so yeah it's, it's the same thing it's, it's not it's not like a mark of of, of not saying it's quality or anything right exactly it's just there's some something happens and you just like, right Stop there's reading. so much stuff to read yeah exactly so yeah but no totally headlopper um yeah i think that might you know the first volume might be the might be if within the next month maybe for my choices so sounds like fun we'll see definitely i actually have my next two choices already i'll talk to you about that later sounds um, good okay so well um as <laughs> moving along we are actually now at our main course which is uh, this week is uh, Paper Girls volumes one and two, which is issues one through 10 uh, from the floppies by uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Cliff Chang, uh, Matthew Wilson, and Jared K. Fletcher. Um, this was Darcy's choice this week. So uh, do you want to give us a quick synopsis and also tell us why you chose this series? Okay, uh, a quick, quick synopsis of the first 10 issues because the whole thing would just take there is no quick synopsis of the whole thing (laughs) but a quick synopsis of the first 10 issues would be um a girl named erin uh she's a young girl she's 12 i think all of them in the group are 12 uh are paper girls for this one newspaper they go out on uh like the morning after uh uh halloween which is apparently a horrible morning to be a girl delivering newspapers. So they end up kind of like gathering together and helping each other on that morning. They run into some crazy bullshit, which ends up being time traveling teenagers. They touch a thing they shouldn't have touched, uh, which ends up pulling them into this time traveling adventure and setting them up against um old uh putting them in between this war between old people and teenagers that spans every period in time because when you can time travel why only have a war at one time that makes sense right oh yeah (laughs) 
exactly for this series that makes sense yeah <laughs> and i picked it because one it's a busy goddamn week for me so i needed to do something i already knew mm-hmm. <laughs> i couldn't read something new um and i just really really liked this series uh, it's good and we hadn't done it yet and i kind of thought about it and was shocked that we hadn't talked about this yet it's really great and everyone should read it and talk about it more often i feel like it kind of just fell out of discourse for some reason yeah. uh, but it's something they're making it into a tv show so it's definitely going to come back into the discourse um and uh we did a group of girls being badasses last week so i figured let's carry that through and do two in a row mm-hmm. no that's that's a, a good idea and uh yeah yeah i i enjoy this book as well um, i've read the, the whole thing before and really enjoyed kind of going through the second the two volumes uh you know kind of with a little little slower this time as as i said last week sometimes i read too fast and i miss things <laughs> so um but yeah no I, i'm glad that you chose this it's it's i'm surprised that we haven't done it before either um but glad we are so uh one thing first thing i what i really like about it is so there's a lot of nonsense in this book like like comic book nonsense which is good you know it's a good thing but like with the time traveling and like the rules of like the world but it's done one is there's no exposition drop which is always nice like there this is a really complex world but it's not like you know you don't get like three pages of someone explaining the world which is nice and then you learn it you learn it through the characters and through the story, which is a pretty great sign of a, of a, of a great writer, like that, that they're giving this complicated story, you know, a, you know, through the story, you can learn what's going on as well as I like the, um, as well as like, it, it makes sense. Like, like we were saying kind of like, like, does this make sense? Like it does in the world, it does, you know, it makes sense right you know? so like yeah like you know you, if you put a scientific like you know comb to this it might it'll probably unravel real fast but in the story it makes sense and you know we're not gonna judge everything by reality especially a science fiction story about time travel <laughs> so. right yeah you time travel judging is never really the best idea because yeah no it was it was very similar to like recently the the end game like the avengers end game time travel explanation not the same type of time travel but right. the way the way they did it was very similar to the way paper girls does it where it's just kind of like here's the rules you know we're going to kind of go by the rules but you know we're going to bend them when necessary so and we're going to say if you don't buy that that's because your idea of time travel is bullshit yeah <laughs> It's like you watched Back to the Future too many times, so you're wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, now um, speaking of Back to the Future, uh, I I didn't notice this the first time reading it. I really like the nuances that are given to the time periods that they're in. Um, in the '80s, you know, there's the you know the the very much like there's a fire there's a far side um, calendar. And there's like the, a monster squad poster, you know, like there it, it's, 
you know, it, it doesn't hit you over the head that it's in the 80s, but you can tell by the surroundings, you know, that it's the 80s. And then when you see the newspaper, it's late, it's 88. So, you know, and then when they're in 2016, um, in the second story arc, it's the same thing where it's like, you know, it, it, it's not like, oh, like, oh, it's the future or, or it's, you know, oh, it's present time. You know, it's, there's just like little nuances, like the mall being closed down and, you know, the smart car and stuff like that, that makes it obvious it's the, it's the modern era of when this book was written. Well, there's a couple of really, really hit you over the head things. I mean, when Aaron's having her nightmarish dreamy things that she's doing while she, you know, is gut shot, she's dreaming about Ronald Reagan and <laughs> they're constantly talking about how, you know, like, the Russians are going to bring apart the end of the world, which, you know, now, obviously, that became much more of a big thing recently again. Yes. Uh, but that was very much definitely an 80s thing. Um, and with the 2016, they straight up had that Hillary uh, the, the... Uh, lawn sign. Yes. So, I mean, there were, there were some pretty direct, overt things. The AIDS comment in... Mm -hmm. the 80s section i mean that was very clearly set it in a time period yeah and the, the use of the f-word as well but it was yeah. it, it was nice that it's called out though it's like it, even even though it probably mm -hmm. would have been called out back in the late 80s it's nice as a reader in the 21st century that something like that is is called out on you know i definitely like that it was called out i kind of didn't think it was necessary yeah. Like it felt really, really pointed. It, it was definitely like, okay, well, this girl Max obviously going to be the one who ends up in a queer relationship. Like it felt mm -hmm. very obvious. Like I felt they could have done that. Like if I had one criticism of this book, of these 10 issues, rereading it, it would be that like they could have, if they wanted to show that the 80s were anti-queer they could have done it with mac you know that whole where she goes ew when he says oh they killed my boyfriend yes like that could have done it that would have been period appropriate it would have been rude it would have been character appropriate because of mac and her upbringing mm -hmm. and where she's from and it wouldn't have required using a slur you know, no, like, totally. I, I don't think that was necessary. And it's kind of like, a, I don't know, like, what did, what did Tiffany say? She's like, that's how, oh, Mac knows how to talk to people like that. Like, we, we have to talk to people on their level almost yeah and i guess maybe that's also period appropriate but it's not period like that's the way we still think about things like that and like maybe that's not a good message i don't know i just rereading it I, I thought yeah it's period appropriate it is and it's not just even that period appropriate like that word and those words like using the word gay or words like gay as to mean something other than homosexual to be slurs 
ranged far further than just the 80s yeah you know like we used it in the 90s it was to mean more recent dumb you know and i hate to say it but i used it when i was a young preteen to mean dumb the same way i used uh forgive me lame yeah we shouldn't be using to mean dumb and that's ableist and -hmm. people still use that or the way people use the r word to mean dumb exactly you know like it's definitely something people do and people still do but i just think there's other ways to do it without saying the actual word maybe i don't know and just rereading it that definitely stood out to me as a thing that maybe wasn't necessary i don't know yeah i just it made me feel awkward no and i i agree and yeah i don't like hearing that or seeing that and so like it definitely struck a wrong chord i mean like yeah it's nice that there's kind of like a correction to it but at the same time it's yeah you're right it's like there is different ways to do it you know that and i i think it's because the call out by another 12 year old wasn't didn't quite feel necessarily so period specific yeah that's maybe maybe that was it because that didn't feel as natural as the other thing felt so like the whole scene felt very forced and purposeful and like this is foreshadowing for their relationship in the future Mm -hmm. and i don't know i don't know like if i had one criticism of the book which i love overall a lot totally uh that that would be the one criticism i had and i hate having criticism but that's definitely it yeah i mean it they can't be perfect and you know there's, there's always room to to grow and to and to improve upon but there's not know. last there, week's book was kind of perfect yeah yeah there's not there's not much in some books and this <laughs> is one of them but there it, it is almost perfection and so um but yeah i mean um but of course i mean even four years ago it's different than it is or five years ago i guess is yeah is, it's different now now even five years like like i think i mentioned a a few episodes ago where it's like our lexicon and our culture has ramped up and sped up in the last like few years where like 2011 is not a decade ago it's like culturally it's like a century ago you know that's very accurate Yeah. yeah so you know it's but i mean but as speaking of of decades the, the you know a lot of times when things are set as a period piece there's no reason for it to be set as a period piece like why is it set in the 80s um i think that would actually i noticed it very much this time reading reading it so there's a genre of movies that was really prevalent in the 80s of children in mortal danger like yeah definitely like stand by me goonies yeah and goonies exactly and that's what the story is this is this is a children in in mortal danger story where the adults are are either the bad guys or incompetent and like or not or not there you know and it's up to these these you know kids to navigate and survive so it it, it's absolutely 100 an 80s story and yeah. it allows them to go forward to 2016 and meet adult Aaron and go, well, screw you. We can definitely do this without you because they're latchkey children, that kind of thing. And it's just like, we don't, 
we don't need adult you. Adult you, we can definitely distrust because we definitely distrust adults. We don't have to deal with adults. Yeah. And that's definitely of the era because, I mean, back then, you know, it, it was like you were given, um, you know, like, oh, you, you know, be home by the time that the, the streetlights come on and just go outside and play. And there was no adult supervision and you just found other kids around your age and, and like, or rode your bikes or stuff like that, you know? So, and that doesn't happen nowadays, which, you know, is good (laughs) because it's, it's a lot safer, you know, like now with more knowledge of how terrible people can be. So, um, you know, it's definitely, um, but at the same time, but so, so, but these kids out at five in the morning, you know, throw, you know, throwing newspapers going around the, the, the neighborhood is not something that's going to happen nowadays. So from a storytelling perspective, it also helps with the technology angle. Obviously they have a handle on technology in the eighties. They have a handle on technology in the two thousands, like all the eras they have, if, if they started from 2000 and 16 and then tried to go in the future and then tried to go in the future again like it would be harder technologically to explain it whereas if they go back in time and start there they can go into the future a couple of times and i think it makes it easier to write future tech that way yeah and the one piece of future tech that we see besides the time machine um is is exact is something that's very plausible that right you, you could see something like that in the next five or, or ten years from now kind know. of fancier oculus exactly it's like, or google google glass kind of you know? google glass without the yeah. glass yeah exactly just but the idea of something like that like in your brain <laughs> making you see things it's kind of scary or- without your brain just sort of like yeah fingerprint hookup or whatever it was doing yeah it's completely logical kind of thing yep no totally and um and and the use of the apple symbol as well which would make sense that it would be apple that would do that would make something like that you know and the apple symbol carried through throughout the series really really well like we obviously don't go that far but the use of the apple symbol page one to chapter last was it chapter last or chapter before last that Aaron uses kind of finally comes to terms with uh eating the apple like she she carries or she is a character Brian K. Vaughn is the writer carries that through top to bottom and and uses it really really well I mean it's it's not exactly an underused symbol the apple <laughs> uh, but it, it's used incredibly well throughout this series um to great effect I, I thought he did a great job with that it has a biblical kind of nuance to it as well as the apple of knowledge from yes yeah so i think yeah so that i and that was something that i hadn't noticed before either was that you know that plus you know um, the first time they they learn of the 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 leader of the old the old timers, um, he's wearing an Apple Records shirt, and so Aaron immediately associates him with like the tree of of knowledge and and Apple. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of cool payoffs, and like there's payoffs now, and then there's payoffs later. Like we were kind of nuancing towards like with Mac and everything that that are that are just kind of hinted at 
right now, but then like maybe 15 issues later is actually, you know, mentioned or resolved. Um, so that's that's pretty cool too. It's, it's definitely a, a, a roadmap <laughs> to the story. Yeah, that the Catholicism that runs through there is kind of interesting with Aaron and and how kind of that's how important that is to her and how she kind of grows with that and throws that around. That's I'm not Catholic at all, but you mm-hmm. know, there's enough of Catholicism in the general culture to understand what's going on with that that you don't have to be catholic i think to understand where she's going with most of it so the imagery is fairly familiar to anyone in sort of american culture because it's so saturated oh yeah that that it's it's very well pulled through very well drawn very well illustrated Uh, that that part of it i think metaphorically was was very well pulled off um Aaron just in general as a character I know it's an ensemble and I'm probably talking about Aaron too much but I I, uh, she's not actually my favorite character for all Mm -hmm. that I'm talking about her a lot she's just hugely the focus of the first 10 issues she's definitely the perspective character yeah she she and especially of the first 10 issues yeah um the other like you know later on tiffany gets a huge focus and kj gets a huge focus Uh, and mac obviously especially after these 10 issues because of the cancer revelation gets a pretty big focus um but these first 10 issues are kind of aaron's issues uh capital letters um Mm -hmm. and she's a great character i like her a whole lot um but KJ is probably my favorite character. I think she's a total badass. KJ's awesome. Definitely. Uh, she's incredibly, incredibly awesome. Uh, like, I love Tiffany so much. I love that she's super, super smart and kind of uh, understated and undersold and kind of doesn't get enough credit for the stuff she's like for how awesome she is because everybody else has kind of like got a bigger mouth about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, really like Tiffany. I like how in 2016, she's like, you know, if I'm not a professor at MIT, you know, I don't know where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, my parents just, would have killed me. <laughs> yeah. She just assumed she's out there like teaching yeah. at MIT or whatever. And then we know, of course, later on in the book, she's like, yeah. what, hanging out. She's like doing drugs with some boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. A little bit of a, a spoiler for going forward, but yeah, you know, and that's, that's, that's a perfect analogy to how you feel like when you're a kid especially at that age at 12 like when you're kind of Mm. at the the precipice of like of of like starting your journey to what you're going to become as an adult right what's your what your hopes and dreams are for yourself yeah and so and then so yeah i'm I'm definitely dr mt and then it turns out she's just hanging out on the couch with her boyfriend smoking pot (laughs) you know so yeah but that's great however i think tiffany's my favorite character because of that as Mm. well as i think because the way she comes to terms when she meets her adult self is is pretty awesome and that's true yeah and and it's very humbling and at the same time but she also realizes that the care you know like you know on the surface i think she initially thinks that that character is is um is like a loser but then she realizes that she's not a loser she's actually pretty cool like she's pretty she's pretty like with it and you know maybe not like textbook like successful but 
at least they know about she knows about herself you know like and is 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 good to herself in a way and, I guess. and that's kind of you know adult aaron how aaron and adult aaron like she's a hot mess mm-hmm. i love her i love her i love her the whole anxiety pills it's not a new thing <laughs> yeah because the other the young aaron is, is young Aaron's out like are the... you on drugs yeah. no it's anxiety pills and this is not a new thing apparently um but when they're talking about you know how adult aaron's going i know you're probably disappointed in me because of you know i'm fat i'm unmarried i have a blah 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 job or whatever and she's like, no, don't talk about yourself like dad would talk about you. And I'm relieved we're not married and all this kind of stuff. And she's so happy that, you know, maybe she doesn't look back on, she doesn't see herself as how she wanted to see herself. But when she's faced with her childhood self, she realizes that her life isn't as bad as maybe she thought it would be. And I thought that was interesting because no. she is a little bit of a hot mess but there are things that she probably likes about herself that she doesn't face that much and exactly. that was great it's really easy to focus on the negative it definitely is especially about yourself um mm-hmm. and so and and that's why in that scene i love how young aaron is talking speaking about how you know you're not a disappointment this is actually pretty cool that you're not married and blah blah blah. and all the older aaron's response is just a big old bear hug (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like like and and you know what sometimes i think everyone needs to hug their younger selves you know like i i totally love that scene because yeah it's you know it's it's a perspective and it's not it like i said it's easy to to be negative and and then all of a sudden you're like wait why am i being so negative about myself because i'm actually kind of like where i should be and what and want to be you know what I mean? like everyone runs at a different pace and you're running at your own pace you know so it's it's good stuff and absolutely uh, definitely if you ever meet your younger self you definitely give them a hug <laughs> i would absolutely do that my younger self needed a hug or two yeah me, me too definitely um i oh um i i well speaking of children in danger i thought it was actually really cool one of the first scenes in the in the entire series in issue one when you're in aaron's room she has a monster squad poster and that's one of those movies of kids in danger that that adults can't do anything and so i thought that was kind of a, a cool little like hint or nuance of where we're going that is true there's there's a little bit of nostalgia in it um also um what was not intentionally uh, um intentional but it actually made me feel really kind of sad about our modern times is that in 2016 one of the first things you see is you see someone with a justice for tamir rice and john crawford shirt and it's like that was like five years ago and we're not yeah yeah it's it's we're not even near that resolved (laughs) you know like yeah so it's just that's i'm not sure that wasn't not intentional is that right grammatically yeah i i i think 
Brian K. Vaughn's not stupid. That was probably intentional. He probably figured that, especially with who was president when he was writing that, or got elected president while writing this, that that not much was going to change in the the BLM, you know, perspective. So or just the mood of the country in general. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And a general statement, yes, probably, but yeah. And it's a you know post-apocalypse in the future where he's going so yeah totally yeah yeah i i thought i found rereading it's been a long time since i've read the first couple of issues Mm -hmm. uh like just looking back this was first issue was at late 2015 um so it's been a long time since i've gone back i've reread it before but it's it's been like late 2016 early 2017 since i've gone back to those first issues and i had completely forgotten like when i got to the part where max mom quote unquote shot herself at the end of that one issue mm-hmm. i was like holy crap did max stepmom commit suicide like i had completely forgot that whole part i had forgotten that Aaron even got shot like yeah. I had forgotten that whole thing. It, this series gets so crazy. I forgot how the series even began because Aaron getting shot is so it's like <laughs> how the whole series starts. Yeah. Like it couldn't start if she didn't get shot. Like that's the whole reason the pod is there in the first place. But I completely forgot it happened. Yeah. I and, forgot how the series began. But that's but the way things escalate and how fast they escalate, it's so easy to forget something like that. It really is. I mean, even I kind of forgot about the tardigrades, the the little water bear, the giant ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I and and so I love tardigrades a lot. I don't know if I'm saying the word right, but those little microscopic character creatures um, survive so, everything. Yeah, so I I like. I I I I actually liked the little fight that they were having, and and I was glad to see that again. But I totally forgot about that, and that's, you know, giant microscopic f- creatures is something you probably would stick with someone, you know, like that's weird enough for a for a comic to have, but that's nothing compared to the weirdness and the things that happen later, you know. So where it eventually goes, yeah. Totally. Yeah, it just it just gets so crazy that it's amazing the stuff that you can forget that's crazy that just completely just goes by the wayside because yeah this this book is completely nuts but so so enjoyable there's so much creativity in in the series overall that so much of the creativity gets forgotten which is yeah. kind of sad. <laughs> uh- we're going to have to do another episode on like three and four, at least because we're getting into the, 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 the far past, like the ancient past mm. parts. And that I, I really like the one character that's introduced in the story arc and that, that, that part, the, yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to get into it too much, but, um, but yeah. And so um, I will, I definitely want to continue and, and continue discussing this because it is such I, a great series i definitely agree uh we didn't talk about mac too much no i i guess we talked about her a little bit but i do like mac um mm-hmm. I, I think max most of max most important characterizations probably come up in the next kind of two arcs 
kind of the third arc and the future arc more. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why I maybe didn't focus on her that much. Uh, but she's definitely a very, very interesting character. Not my favorite, not my second favorite, not my third favorite. She's probably my last favorite, and I feel bad about it. <laughs> she's the Corey Feldman character in Stand By Me. Like yeah. The, the yeah, and like where where she's smoking and she she's definitely like the one who probably doesn't have the best home life. She does not have and, the best home life. And and also and, and then when the revelation that she's gonna die of leukemia in four years. Right. And she's she need she has the characteristics of trying to always be as tough as possible and not let exactly. anything affect her so the fact that she's like oh well that means that i'm not gonna die now so let me get in front of things and like yeah right yeah so it's it's, it's interesting yeah it is definitely interesting and and so it's um and pl- especially since the danger is still there because the fact that adult aaron doesn't remember any of this happening means that there's you know time shenanigans going on so it doesn't necessarily mean that you know oh even though they do say that your end is always your end your end is always your end so it's already happened the way it's going to happen but but we know that's not true yeah that's very bullshit (laughs) oh i and once again like last week friendship (laughs) it's so great to read friendship books you know it's they're even though even though Aaron just meets them it's like they're awesome and she wants a friend so so bad that fucking Ronald Reagan that her (laughs) Ronald Reagan dream where Ronald Reagan dream is like you need a friend that's not your sister and then she said what is that Wendy your pen pal doesn't count that's sad (laughs) (laughs) I was like that's kind of you know like internet friends don't count and I was like that's not cool (laughs) yeah that's not necessarily true (laughs) pen pal friends count don't be rude (laughs) friends are friends Ronald Reagan sucks (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I know and then also I also I like I forget if this is something that continues through the series but with Ronald Reagan in 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 Aaron's dream at that point and in the beginning it's Krista McAuliffe from the Challenger mm, so yeah. does all her dreams have like a famous like person in it I always I I don't, I don't remember rem- yeah I don't remember that being a thing because yeah. later on I don't remember her dreaming a whole lot more that's true because the first one's very religious in context the second one's because she got gut shot, which is yeah. kind of, you know, and she's, you know, doing, she's mumbling religious bullshit. Um, not bullshit, you know, if you're religious, be religious. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. Um, I don't remember her dreaming any. I don't remember them sleeping a whole lot. Like, this doesn't cover a whole lot of time. No. It, it's just well, a couple of days. It covers a lot of time, but it <laughs> covers, yeah, but like a lot of time, but not a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. It's like thousands. They they don't sleep a whole lot. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I it, doesn't this whole series like take place in a week? I think. Yeah, it's, if it's, that. it's just a couple of days. Yeah. So they don't they don't sleep in 2016. No, they don't. 
and that's like two days. I that, think maybe they sleep in Tiffany's, don't they, in the future? I think so. I think when they're in their when when they're in Tiffany's apartment is yeah one of the few times. I think yeah they don't rest in the in the far past either. No, I think they they must because that's when because they because the, the, the baby birth. born the baby yes. yeah the baby's born there. But I I don't know if we see it. Yeah. No, true. But no, I. So yeah, this is definitely a very complex series, but yeah. But the thing is, though, is that it's not like complex in the the sense that, like, you're gonna have to read it six times to figure out what the hell's going on. It might have to read it six times to remember. Yeah, like yeah, (laughs) it's you might forget things exactly. And and well, and the thing is too is that when you it's it's definitely layered enough where you're every time you read it it's you're gonna catch something different mm, yeah but it's not like but there's no like comprehension issues like Correct. as long as you're okay with like i'm not gonna understand everything right away you know like as long as you're okay with that then it's like okay let's have fun you know yeah you kind of just have to go in with an open brain and just feel it yeah exactly don't expect it to hand you anything just go in and read the words and accept that what it's telling you is what it's telling you you're gonna learn very very crazy sci-fi bullshit yeah and and you'll learn when it's necessary to learn like what's going on right yeah and once again very nice it's not just like exposition dump you know the closest of, of an exposition dump you get is the clone aaron you know clone aaron yeah and that's and she's anything. talking bullshit <laughs> yeah exactly so she's a big fat liar <laughs> mm-hmm. don't trust the other aaron <laughs> which i think that was great because at that time you only know one aaron uh, uh, one other aaron when when that's mentioned on kg's stick right yeah and then that comes back later too with why yes it that does stick is in the full- oh, that's just you awesome. gotta gotta make that work gotta get that stick there mm-hmm so such and, a good and, series and then when and, and and also like when they first see the time machine that that's actually after what happens you know when, when Aaron after gets shot, Aaron gets yeah. shot yeah. so she so, was there the whole time it, it, set, it sets it up like like to the reader that nothing's going to happen chronologically in this story you know like that's that's what's cool about yeah it. there like, is no chronological be, yeah. be prepared like yeah it's gonna happen chronologically to the characters but things just because something happens and you know just because something happened in the past doesn't mean it's not happening in the future to the characters yeah so or that the characters understand what chronological is even if they think they understand what chronological is it's it's pretty cool and so yeah and and uh, and then the it gets we'll get into it later with other volumes but the ideology the ideology war that basically every generation has you know like between the young and the old like with change and like and conservatism and like you know like oh like it's our purpose with this power to not change anything but then the young is it's our purpose to change things make them better with this this object it's because the young the youth is more idealistic and doesn't really see the the repercussions of 
changing things and then the uh, the older characters all they see is the repercussions and they don't see the benefits of trying to change things so they're both right and they're both wrong at the same time which is definitely a very interesting you know perspective as well and the way we moderate what people have access to while also destroying things at the same time both of them doing that was pretty interesting like they're both like we have to have access and we have to shut down access but while both while both of them are doing that both of them are destroying shit. yeah the conservative <laughs> group being actually absolutely awful yeah they're they're trying to save people and, and what they're abducting them and they're putting them in tubes and, and tubes and then also you know what what's the worst way to to affect something is have pterodactyls <laughs> and pterodactyls. like in modern times it's like okay yeah you're not really living by what you're what you believe because you're using dinosaurs well, they, do, they do erase everything so yes that's, that's something that, i guess that is true but it's i yeah. i liked oh god my brain just disappeared what was it oh one thing i really really enjoyed which is completely completely off topic but it's just like the thing i noticed right off the bat um was i'm, I'm gonna flip completely to art i apologize oh no worries but... i was about to say something too <laughs> um when aaron wakes up and she's doing her papers and then she goes out to do her papers on her bike like when she's rolling her papers and then goes out to do her papers on the bike uh she takes the time to fluff her bangs and i was like you know what way to go cliff mm -hmm. i liked that little <laughs> no <laughs> i so... would never in my life give a shit <laughs> but, but... but i liked that little that little attention to detail <laughs> it's a character definitely a character piece right there and it's also realistic it's it, it's kind of like um the um the harley quinn birds of prey movie uh when the the women are fighting at the end of the movie and then they ask for a hair tie and it's like something that a man would never think about you know like but of course like this is a, a written by a woman and like directed by a woman that the, the movie is not i mean not cliff did so so they <laughs> or brian did one yeah, of them did. yeah <laughs> so so yeah so it's really cool that they actually had that in mind you know like definitely they they're they're they they definitely did a good character study and they know how a character would act and you know even if, if they themselves would act like it's not like a um sort of some i was going to mention somebody i don't want to mention on the podcast a, a creator um who's had done bad things but that but it's always blamed that all they do is write themselves in a character you know so it's definitely not like that like you're not getting 16 versions of ryan cave on in this book <laughs> you know you're you get it you know the every character is different and and unique yeah it's you know like uh, each each of the four of them i i don't you know like i never would have done that at friggin 5 a.m first of all i never mm -hmm. would have had that job at 5 a.m good googly no thank no. you um but <laughs> like at 5 a.m i am not fluffing my damn bangs <laughs> you are out of your mind yeah. all of that work and hairspray and effort if i have already been rolling papers no it is not happening but it says a lot about Aaron's character that she takes the time to make her hair fancy 
and go out and do that job. And it says something about the way each of them are dressed and the way each of them carry themselves, the things they take with them, you know, KJ's uh, uh, field hockey stick, Tiffany's, um, the way that she saved all of that money for her fancy walkie-talkie is that she will not call a walkie-talkie, but it's definitely a walkie-talkie. <laughs> totally is. Um, Max cigarettes that she can't let go of, like all of these things say something about each of the characters. And they were just really, really well put together. Character-wise, visually, they were well put together. And uh, like you said, if we're looking at Birds of Prey, a lot of that I do put down to they had a uh, behind the camera diverse female creative team. I, I think this does uh, deserve a lot of respect for the fact that it was pulled off so well uh, with a male creative team. Yeah. And- you know, and it can be done. I look at something like, uh, Oh gosh, the um, is it unbeatable or unstoppable wasp? Unstoppable wasp. Unstoppable wasp. Nadia, mm-hmm. you know that's an all-girl cast. You know, unless Bucky shows up. Yeah. Um, a diverse cast in body shape, in uh, character type, in uh, culture, in color, in ableism in mental capabilities like these girls are incredible diverse characters and they're all girls and who's our writer jeremy whitley (laughs) right yeah so we're it it can be done like there's this uh like uh, i don't i don't know like some guys just won't make the effort when they're writing it feels like to write complex women or girls yeah. and you just do it you do it like you write a boy character or a man character make that effort these girls are complex and they're interesting mm-hmm. they are a great all-girl cast they're interesting just like any of the boys in any group of boys doing crazy boy shit in any advan- adventure story or movie ever yeah and it's well done yeah, they're they're not a, a set piece. They're not, you know, an object essentially. That's a, a purpose, you know, for other characters. They're they're actual human beings, and char- they're actually characters in themselves, which is nice. Absolutely. Um, shout out Jeremy Whitley as well with um with Princeless. It's the same thing, you know, like, yeah. definitely. So, which I think we might be doing as well soon. Okay. I like Princeless a lot. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, oh, Cliff, Cliff Chang, um, one, ha, what else has he done? Has he done anything else? Like, oh, I yeah, know yeah, he yeah. has. Uh, don't ask me questions. Was I it can't automatically. Wonder Woman? Did he do um, let me Google real fast. Yeah. I know the answer to this no, in my brain. I definitely know the answer to this because, but I don't know the answer to this. He has such a unique yes, style. It's Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I I love it, and like kind of even like the the thick lines of the line work and everything. It's I, it's it's pretty amazing, and this it's he needs to work. 
<laughs> he needs to work as much as as, as he wants to. <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a shame that he's not. Um, like, well, I mean, like maybe it's because he doesn't want to. Hopefully, it's that because you know he needs to be on a book if he if you know because he's amazing. This that that's a big part of it. I know we've we've been talking mostly about um his you know the the writing but cliff chang is not a slouch when it comes to this this story the artwork no absolutely not the art is really really good there's uh i'm looking at his website it's got quite a few covers but definitely not enough covers yeah no absolutely i don't know if maybe there's no way i mean i guess maybe he doesn't i don't know also the coloring is amazing it's kind of like like with the map to the sun where it's not realistic coloring but it works with the 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 style like the 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 mood it's it's definitely i'd say more realistic than a map to the sun yeah yeah no but but yeah i mean like i think just like the shadings that they use you know like where like like the characters will be mainly like green or blue in, in a certain scene right and but but once again it's just it just you know eye candy it's nice (laughs) and with the with the you know sci-fi setting you get to play a lot with you know when everything goes all wonky after that first time travel shift and that you get all the solar systems Uh, matt wilson gets to play with a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. but you expect kind of high level of work from matt wilson he colors everything yeah no he's he's a pro and yeah. that that's the thing too is that we were just talking about the creative team it's not even like a Jordi Belair or, or anybody or Tamara Bonvalin on colors it's everybody is male on this book and right you know, yet the portrayal and like the depiction of of the female characters is just like amazing so yeah. it's pretty mm-hmm. cool yeah yep. so yeah definitely. yeah it's, it's definitely one of those things that I you know I you know you, you shouldn't have to say these things and maybe i shouldn't even be saying these things i don't know but it's you know it just stands out that you know women have been writing boy characters for forever because they say only boy characters will sell books kind of thing like what was that whole and you know they're like oh i, I don't know what i'm talking bullshit i'm so sick no no no. <laughs> i'm just babbling no. at this point it makes sense but no it, you know it's it's i i think they deserve credit for how well these characters are written and i think more dudes should take the time to mm-hmm. fully develop the women they write and the girls they write because they don't take the time to do it it's not token that they're female that these characters are female like they're they're right. women the, you couldn't you couldn't replace these characters with four men and it'd be the same story like these are this is a story about four girls and how they act <laughs> and like and how they react to this madness is happening right yeah it's yeah and there's like one or one or two things that i'm just like eh, you can tell it's a dude the yeah. period thing i think was weird kj's period yeah like that i was like mm. that but, yeah but that, other than that like it felt yeah. right felt good the tone the tone of it mostly no i i agree that yeah that was kind of trying a little too hard at that moment i guess <laughs> to try to sound like they understand but yeah no but it's all good so 
definitely read Paper Girls if you haven't. <laughs> Audience, please. It's great. I feel like most people at this point have at least heard of it. Yes. But I also feel like like the people I deal with, most people have read at least some of it. But outside of that, I'm not sure it's gotten enough attention for some reason. Like it's super popular, but I know a lot of people who haven't picked it up and I don't get it. It's such a good book, but at least it's getting a show like it's they're yeah. working on the show. So once the show comes out, it's going to get a lot more attention and it should. Do you think that one of the things is that the, the, the name of the book, if paper girls doesn't give any kind of nuance to like the sci-fi and the time travel or anything like that. So do you think, that a lot of people who don't know anything about the book might just think, oh, this is just like a relationship story, you know, like it is, but it's not. Or like um, a gender bent uh, adaption of the video game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Watch out for the Grim Reaper, right? Yeah. No, totally. Uh, so, no, I don't know. You know, yeah. uh, I was about to say there's some, I don't know, you know, there'll be a good, uh, good preview that'll definitely throw that in there and people love things with weird twists now you know like wandavision's doing fantastic oh, people yeah. love weird shit so I, I think it'll play really well yeah wandavision's fantastic mm -hmm. um so i yeah i think it'll play really well yeah I, 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 if if it's done well obviously if it's if it's shit it's gonna be shit I think, <laughs> but I, if I think it's done well it's gonna play great i think brian k vaughn and cliff ching are on the consulting team as well so that's good if they listen to them yeah, as long as they yeah. listen <laughs> so real, real quick question what do you think will come out first why the last man or paper girls <laughs> hopefully paper girls i have no i i hope people don't hate me for this but i don't i never really cared about why the last man okay I, I have nothing against it. It's just it never really captured my attention at it's all. It's not your thing. Yeah. It's not my thing. Like again, nothing against it. It wasn't bad. It's just like I didn't I it's it's perfectly fine. Nothing against it. It's good. I love paper girls. So yeah. I will perfectly happy to skip why the last man I will <laughs> punch people in the face to see paper girls. <laughs> and I think if they know why you're there you're punching them, they'll totally understand and totally be cool with it. <laughs> yeah probably they'll have no idea why i'm punching them and yeah. why would i i'm i'm live alone and have a tv right in front of my face it would be really weird if push comes to shove though you'll do it yeah if it's necessary <laughs> if i have to get somebody out of my way i will absolutely tear a bitch up to go watch paper girls <laughs> nice that's that's a good pull quote that should be on <laughs> on the advertising <laughs> i will tear a bitch up to watch this show <laughs> that's watch paper girls it's awesome <laughs> it's so cool um all right well uh, any any closing thoughts about about the series um it's great art's great colors are great writing's great oh yeah no i have a closing thought mm -hmm. the um fake language mm. the fake language that brian k vaughn did that's like internet slangy half language between what we know and what we don't know he did a really great job on that mad props yeah it's like phonetic and like you if you're reading it and you're not sounding it out it doesn't make any sense but when you're actually sounding out the words it starts making sense 
it's, it's really sort of like those memes that are like if you can read this backwards then blah 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 it's like you know reading words back i don't know it's yeah. a, you know it it reads fine like if you're just sitting there and you pay attention to what it is you can definitely tell what you're reading but writing it and figuring out what you wanted to say with it mm-hmm. and making it make sense like developing that must have been a challenge but reading it actually works really well and that yeah that that takes some level of talent like i i get what hickman does with his all fake languages thing that he likes to do mm-hmm. like good on him this feels to me like i, I like i can actually read this whereas i can't do the i can't yeah do exactly <laughs> and you get kind of that also with with the the, the kids the young the 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 kid part for the future they have a language right right decipher right Um, so so yeah but but it's kind of a best of both worlds you get the the weird language that you just kind of glance over that you have absolutely no idea what they're saying and then you get the language that you might have to read a little harder (laughs) exactly so yeah and yes i know people figure out hickman's i get that i'm just saying (laughs) oh yeah yeah but i'm not gonna sit there with a with a translator and and read a hickman book and try to figure out everything maybe i'll come back yeah, to I'm it later that. No, but i'm not gonna <laughs> while i'm reading it i'm not gonna do that because it's just gonna ruin the pacing of the book it's so yeah absolutely so but yeah uh, i completely agree um i love i love like basically everything i've read by brian Kavon. um I, saga and this are probably my top and and that's a lot of saying a lot because I absolutely love Saga and this rivals that, if not even best it in my opinion. So it, definitely awesome. <laughs> and, but it's funny too, because Saga like shadows this book in popularity, like we were saying earlier, like why isn't Paper Girls more popular? And everyone talks about Saga, but they should also be talking about this because this is equal, if not better. Saga was longer. I think that had something to do with it. I think Saga got more um, press. Yeah. I think that had something to do with it. Just uh, just by the virtue of being longer, Saga got more press. Um, I, who did the art for Saga? Um, Fiona, Fiona Staples? Yes, Fiona Staples. Yeah, I, I think that probably had something to do with it. Um had a baby in it people like babies a lot of dong <laughs> the sex thing yeah the the sex thing's definitely what lowers it for me like yeah uh the sex pat what was that place called the pornopolis yeah that place i just i just couldn't do that that, that was like... that was unnecessary in my opinion like a necessary place but well i think that's also a feature subject as well so we'll it probably is further. yes <laughs> Yeah, no, there was a lot in that. I liked a lot about Saga, but there was also some stuff that I was like, meh. Yeah. I definitely prefer Paper Girls, which, you know, to each their own. Not everyone does. Lots of people prefer Saga. Lots of people prefer Paper Girls. Probably shouldn't rank things like that. (laughs) And I'm kind of in the middle. (laughs) I'm like, I love both. (laughs) So, so, all right. Well, we are getting to our last uh, part of the episode then. Um, are looking forwards, uh, Darcy. Uh, where are you looking forward in the near future of reading? I am looking forward to the Grand 
Odalisque, mm -hmm. uh, which is by Jerome Millet, uh, Florent Rupert, Bastien Vives, and Montana Kane. Mm -hmm. um, it's being brought over by Fantagraphics, and I think it was originally a Europe comic, um, originally in French. Uh, it's about three women who um, kind of, it was originally two women, and then they kind of like bring in a third woman, third woman, a third woman uh, to, uh, they're art thieves, basically, and they're like, um, they're going to steal this painting from the Louvre and they uh, are like fighting with the cartels or something and they do all this like crazy stuff with like parachuting and whatever. I don't know a whole lot about it. The cover looks fantastic and the quote at the bottom of the website said it was kind of like an homage to the manga Cat's Eye, which is an 80s manga about three women, uh, three sisters who are art thieves that I just absolutely love and also would recommend. They're art thieves, but what they are stealing is like uh, art from their father who had to flee Germany well uh, from because of the Nazis so it's like a whole thing and I loved that back in the day so I, I don't know it's like if you liked Cat's Eye maybe you'll like this and so I'm like hey I liked Cat's Eye maybe I'll like this <laughs> I'm always up for a heist story so yeah yeah it, the cover art for this looked fantastic I checked some of the interiors um, from not Fantagraphics website because Fantagraphics didn't have any interiors. Why? I don't know. It's not brand new. It's older. It's yeah. translated. Uh, so I checked Europe Comics interiors and the interiors look really good. Coloring is excellent. Um, so I'm I'm kind of super excited about it. That's awesome. That looks and sounds pretty cool. I think it comes out. Uh, yeah, it comes out this week. Um, so by the time this comes out, It'll the be. podcast comes out it will have already come out nice no i'll definitely be looking at that because like i said i'm always a fry story and it sounds pretty cool uh, so mine actually comes out in the next couple of weeks um it's called by the horns and um it's by marcuson niso and jason murr uh published by scout comics um i the reason the art, the art was pretty cool, but the reason why this really struck a chord with me was the description that was in previews, as which I'm just going to read verbatim because it's pretty awesome. So Elodie hates unicorns. For, for nearly a year, she's dedicated her life to tracking down and killing them all for trampling her husband, Shintaro. Now exiled um, from her farming village of Wayfarer for selfishly neglecting her duties, Elode and her half-wolf, half-deer companion, Seijin, search the continent of Solothus for clues to the whereabouts of unicorns. When they discover a lead to in the port city of Lycus, they, their revenge mission suddenly takes a dangerous turn. So... I love a revenge story about killing unicorns. <laughs> that's just sounds... yeah, that sounds kind of awesome. And the way the artwork, artwork looks like it's not not every unicorn is a horse like type of like animal. There's yeah, like a... I'm looking. I'm looking at it now. 
Yeah, there's like a frog unicorn, and <laughs> so it's a it, giant fox unicorn. Yeah, so it looks it looks a lot of, like a lot of fun. I mean, I yeah, yeah, it's like fantasy, and and who doesn't like a good revenge story? You know, it's like there we go. So, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah. and and a character like an animal like a unicorn, which is usually like very positive. You know, like being negative. I don't know if you, do you, do you ever they, watch. They bring they bring hope and love and joy. Did you ever watch Gravity Falls? No, but I've um, seen the Last Unicorn. I know they're oh important. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, in Gravity Falls, much like this, they're antagonists in an episode oh. where where they're they're actually like messing with people just to mess with them, and they're all kind of jerks. Mm. <laughs> and so, and one one of the characters is very twee and very like loves like cutesy things so she has like a revelation that like not all cutesy things are are nice (laughs) so they end up having a war against unicorns in that as well so i'm i'm all for it it's awful (laughs) yeah it's fun it's a good a good good change of (laughs) you know change of story you know so i I feel it yeah no it looks really interesting well I think that's the end of our show. Um, so you can send us an email or ask us a question that we can answer on a future episode at comicsdeservebetter at gmail.com or on Instagram and Twitter at cdbpod. Uh, check out our website, comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com for our episodes and socials um, and email address as well as a form to to uh, request a subject for us to do on a future show. Uh, please give us a review on the platform that you're listening to us. And most of all, um, I actually need to start saying this is thank you for listening, everyone. So um, Darcy, where can we find you on the internets? I am at books underscore serial on Twitter and books and serial dot wordpress dot com. And it's still going to be nothing for this week because also still crazy at work and also, or not also, added to, I'm fucking sick and life is terrible. Get better. But Hope yeah. you get better soon. Me too. And, you know, like thoughts and prayers. Yeah. I hope I don't have COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Fingers crossed. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instagram. Twitter, uh, Bryson underscore CB, Instagram, Twitter, Bryson2814. So for Darcy, I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. Remember, as always, comics deserve better, and everybody deserves comics. Good night. Yay, night. Good night. Bye-bye.